1: and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
0: You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. nation every day the coin worked and it was 7-2 but damn it we were right to be positive about that game against the anaheim ducks so let's break it all down with the lead welcome in to oilers nation every day kyle your truck with you coming to you live from the sports closet studio sportscloset.ca it is nfl wildcard weekend and if you need to stock up with gear for your favorite NFL team, they got you covered. If you're just itching, chomping at the bit to get yourself a clean coston jersey, I'm sure if you go visit them at the Kingsway store, St. Albert store, or Short Park Mall store, they'll be able to point you in the right direction. They'll get you hooked up, send it away, get Costin stitched on the back, because he might be here for the long haul, folks. That was quite the game from the man they call clean the dream. We are live on The Nation Network YouTube, where I want your take on last night's hockey game. Because that was, that was something. The Oilers put the boots to the Anaheim Ducks as they should have. And we'll talk about that all. Uh, but give me your take in the Nation Network YouTube chat. And while you're there, why don't you hammer that like button as well. Dre says the Ducks scored two because we were short two likes yesterday for Jack Campbell. You know what? He got win number 81 in his career last night. And he was pretty solid. What's the rule? You know, Don't make me tap the sign. We don't complain about Jack Campbell if his save percentage is above 900. And he was, I think, 908, 913 last night. So a solid game between the pipes for our boy Soup. More on him, more on Koston, more on a whole bunch of things in a bit. Last night on Oilers Nation After Dark, I joined the show with Connor Halley, And there were a few people just saying, whoa, 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 you beat the Anaheim Ducks. Calm down. Don't tell me to calm down is my first response. And secondly, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. They got the job done. That was a bad team they played, and the Oilers beat them like they were a bad team. Putting up 50-plus shots on goal, the game never really in doubt at any point. It was all Oilers from the beginning until the end. Expected. Good. Check the box. What's next? A game against San Jose where you need to do the exact same thing you did last night against the Ducks. And we'll set that all up later, but I want to bring in my guy, Liam. Uh, Liam, last night, Oilers beating the hell out of the Anaheim Ducks. Felt good. Maybe a bit of a confidence builder as well.
2: Yeah, hopefully, and and good contributions from from everyone, really, like Dylan Holloway obviously getting that first goal, Mr. Kleem getting on the board of a couple, getting close to that hat-trick that he said he didn't deserve. But either way, it was a a great performance by the Oilers. And yeah, like you said too, Jack Campbell performed well. The two goals that were allowed weren't on him at all. So just a good game all around, a good bounce back victory.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems.
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people
0: today. Aha, dry. I think I'm saying that right. He was the first comment today on the Nation Network YouTube chat. He said, just jumping in here to drop the like as I prefer to listen to the podcast, which is a weird way to say you just don't like looking at Liam and I for half an hour a day. Love to hear that Kaner might come back soon. Let's keep this momentum going. And yes, I think that's kind of the vibe and the feel on the show today is keep the momentum going going if you're the Edmonton Oilers twisted is in our guy he says now if they can match a good game with another good game we might be on to something twisted says I have faith though go Oilers Lance dropped in a let's go Oilers as well so yeah it was it was a solid win last night for the Oilers really nothing to complain about in that hockey game I did think it was funny that the refs just kind of knew it was a beatdown. like there was the play on Hyman in the third which was just egregious Um Kevin Shattenkirk shot a puck at Matthias Yanmark while he laid on the ice, and the refs were like, "Ah, you can do that. Find me in the rule book where you can't." Uh, so that was a little bit weird. But again, like it, the game was never in doubt, Liam.
2: No, no, they had it right from the start. But yeah, those calls were were kind of nuts, especially the Hyman one. You could literally yeah. see on the replay his jersey getting tugged, and then, funnily enough, Jesse Puljuhavi gets a call against him immediately after, which I just thought was a bit. Bit of a shot yeah. against the Oilers but either way the Oilers didn't let the referees interfere in what was yeah just a good game and that's so what the Oilers need to do against these bad teams people can say oh it's well they just beat the Ducks well earlier in the season they didn't just beat the Ducks they simply lost to the Anaheim Ducks so it was good to see them kind of show some some confidence and some swag with it too and yeah and just go out there and now the big thing is you got to do the same against San Jose that's that that's the, the thing now you have to go and beat San Jose.
0: Captain Felton is in the chat. He says, start to snowball these wins. Hashtag good vibes only. Let's dig in to last night's victory a little bit more with three big things brought to you by Montana's. They're bringing back the viewing party this hockey season with their fantastic daily deals. Head to Montana's dot CA to see what they got on the go tonight and heading into what should be a fantastic weekend. Look at that. You a Caesar guy, Liam. I always forget.
2: Uh, Not really. But I mean, they're not bad. I just I like a a good cold beer instead.
0: Love it. Uh, Mario is in before we get into our three big things. I always like shouting people out who are usually podcast listeners who are jumping into the live stream. Mario says, usually listen to the podcast. First time I get to watch live. Love how fast you guys put it out, which is a compliment to you, Liam, because you're the guy in charge of putting out the podcast. So even you get a thumbs up on today's show.
2: Yeah, Thank you, Mario. Also, shout out Aaron to get (laughs) into the folder quickly too. It's a team effort over there at Oilers Nation every
0: day. Yep, get pucks deep. We win as a team, we lose as a team. Uh, Number one, that kind of ties in nicely to what I want to get to. Depth scoring. How about the boy Clean Costin Mm -hmm. popping home two last night. He's down uh, back out of the top six, I should say, and he scored twice. The first one was, you know, a nice play on the forecheck, forces a turnover, slides it through the legs of John Gibson. The second one was just an unbelievable play by Matthias Janmark, who did a lap and a half around the offensive zone, finds Costin, who makes no mistake. This guy is dangerous in tight. Seven goals in 27 games. Liam, what an addition he's been to the lineup. Even when he's not scoring goals, he's finding ways to be effective. But last night, he showed how he can be a difference maker for this hockey team.
2: Yeah, a positive impact almost nightly for, for Klim Kostin. And even I saw a stat today. I can't remember how many shots it was told on, maybe 18 from the slot. And Klim Carsten mm-hmm. had five from the slot for the yep. other. So, and we saw his shot firsthand last night. He ripped one off the bar too. Like he can shoot. He's a real offensive player and he's just kind of finding his groove right now in the NHL. And I like too, like what he did after uh, the whole Kevin Shanker thing, you know, that kind of all kicked off and, Klim Costin was yep. there to make sure it all ended pretty quick, too, Pin him Vitrano to the ice. So we haven't seen that a lot from many Oilers this season. So I I really like just everything he brings and also, like, kind of his humbleness, too. Like I said, like, in his post-game interview, he's like, yeah, I didn't deserve the hat trick tonight. I didn't work hard enough. I was like, man, there's, like, seven shots in the game, and you came so close. <laughs> he and hit a crossbar. He did so many good things. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, I just – I just love everything about him i hope he's here for the long haul and just he's becoming an oilist legend so quickly in this city it's kind of nuts
0: it's great it is great to see number 21 doing what he's doing right now and hopefully he can keeps it up dre is in says that mm. third line has so much chemistry and that's a great point as well like that trio kind of being able to hum along and even though woodcroft will break them up for a couple of games throws them back together and they just seem to pick up right where they left off so the Oilers might be onto something there. Uh, the first goal of the game as well came from Dylan Holloway. And, you know, not maybe not technically depth scoring because he did it off a feed from Connor McDavid, but still his third of the season, he got a look up in the top six. And Liam, he did not look a wink out of place. He was awesome.
2: No, and, and exactly. And you're playing to Dylan Holloway's strengths there. He's a, he's a high-end offensive talent. He's done it his entire career, wherever he's been. If it's Oketoks or Wisconsin, like, found a way to contribute because that's the kind of player he is and hopefully like he, he like he said like he grabbed the opportunity when he got it and grabbed that goal and shout out to our boy zach for and yourself for getting the first first goal of the game on dylan holloway last night that was big and yeah yeah just hopefully I, I this is it. kind of a sign of things
0: yeah i huh? didn't bet it too aggressively i didn't bet it too aggressively no. but when zach put in the group chat that holloway was going to be up on the top line i went and sprinkled five bucks on him to score the first goal of the game and then another little bit of money on him to score, just in general, and I made out pretty nicely because of that last night. The five bucks turned into like one forty-five, so um, I, I was fired up when Dylan Holloway found the back of the net early on there. Connor McDavid and Leon settle scored as well. We'll have more on that in just a second. But my second big thing is the big man, Vinny DeHarnay, who because the game was a blowout, actually got to play like a decent chunk of minutes last night. He played more than Tyson Berry, Yesupul Yarvi, Warren Fogle. And Dylan Holloway in that hockey game, logging just a hair over 15 minutes when he was on the ice. The shot attempts were 16 to 11 in favor of the Oilers. The shots on goal were nine to five in favor of the Oilers. And I just want to look at how his splits came up in terms of the D zone and O zone starts. Um, he started eight times in the offensive zone, three times in the neutral zone, four times in the defensive zone, and nine of his sh- nine of his shifts started on the fly as well so it wasn't a situation where you know woodcroft just had him in the ozone and was trying to really protect him like he played against the third line of the ducks mainly he started all over the ice and he looked pretty good um for a big guy the concern is never the physical play like the physical play being there isn't a surprise we knew that was coming for me i was watching more his foot speed how he could handle things and also how he moved the puck how he could play along the boards when it came to jamming pucks free breaking up cycles and i thought He kind of passed every test I wanted him to. Um, He moved the puck okay. Even that penalty he took, I didn't chalk that one up as like, a oh, he was out of position, scrambling, couldn't keep up with the speed of the NHL. That was just kind of a bit of a ticky-tack call. So nothing wrong with that. I give Vinny DeHarnay a big thumbs up, Liam.
2: Yeah, I mean, this was a good game for him to come into too. Like a a weaker opponent, but either way, like... You've got to come in and make your stands, right? And that's exactly what he did. And for a big guy, I think he's six foot seven, they said on the broadcast or whatever, and yeah, he moves well. He's got a, his foot speed looks he looks good for the NHL. And for me, like if I'm Marcus namelin in the stands right now, I'm thinking, well, damn, I've got to pick up my game if I want to get into the lineup ahead of this guy because he, like you said, he did everything right and he, he had a really good game, and his interviews are awesome too. I, I kind of hope he sticks around for a little bit. I would imagine he's here for a few weeks at least.
0: Yeah, I liked the look of going seven D with four of them on the right side. It gave Darnell Nurse a break from Cody Cc. And if you watched the show earlier this week with uh, Bruce Kerlock, he talked about how you know maybe it's a good thing to just give that pairing a little bit of time apart. And I mm-hmm. thought the results last night were really really solid. DeHarnay did get a good chunk of time on the ice with um, with Darnell Nurse as well. That was someone who he was rolled over the boards with. That was actually his most common line mate. In the game, they played about six minutes together at five on five, and they didn't allow a shot against when they were on the ice together in those six minutes at five on five. So really impressive stuff from day I'm not going to sit here and be like, hey, he's the answer. They're doing this the rest of the year. But I think it can be a good building block for Deharnay, And that ties into my third big thing. And it was just that building blocks. You know, a good game from Vinny DeHarnay, a good game from Dylan Holloway up in the top six, and also a good game from Jack Campbell, who finished the night with a 913 save percentage, allowing two goals on 23 shots against a solid performance from him. You know, yeah, I I predicted the shutout. I was betting on the shutout. I would love to see it. He probably played good enough to get it, too, because neither of those two goals were his fault. Ryan Nugent Hopkins lost his man on the one. The other one was just a little unlucky as well. So I like Campbell last night. I hope this can be a building block for him because you know he's going to be getting the start on third, or on Friday night against the San Jose Sharks as well. And the other guy I wanted to give a shout out to was Ryan McLeod, who I thought had a really solid hockey game. He missed on some chances, but for the most part, he was buzzing throughout that hockey game. He was on the ice for one of the goals scored as well. When he was on it, uh, the Oilers outshot the Ducks 14-6. to He didn't get a bounce. He missed a couple of open looks, but the goals are going to start coming for this guy. So those are the three players who I kind of had highlighted as good building block performances in Holloway, McLeod, and Jack Campbell. Your thoughts, Liam?
2: Yeah. I mean, for McLeod, for example, I think a big thing is just being in those spots, like he's getting there now and eventually it will come for him and playing on dry saddles wing. He he looked, he looked good up there. Like he looked like he belonged and we know he's speed and everything, so maybe it just kind of takes a load off him and not having, like, the full responsibility of being a sentiment right now. So that could be something good. Like, we kind of spoke about Holloway already, but, yeah, I think if he can just kind of continue to show some offense, like, he show, what he got now? Two goals in his last – since coming back from Christmas, right? So that's yeah. something positive on his side of things. And then for Jack Campbell, yeah, like, that's the one benefit of Pogliavi getting that penalty at the end was he got a couple extra saves to help that save percentage get closer to 900 and over and above so he's just got to keep building it up and like you said like he played well um he played well in relief honestly against for Skinner against LA he played well last night he's done he's been doing well he's been five or six games now where Campbell's come in and and done a good job for this team so hopefully this is kind of just something that is going to continue he's tomorrow he's got obviously going to play because Skinner's not around still and Hopefully it just makes Saturday a tough decision for Woodcroft if he has to go to skip back to Skinner or does Campbell earn another start, you know? like I think we're kind of getting to that point now, which is finally where we wanted to be all season. So it's good to finally get to this spot.
0: Tyler Mulick is in the chat, says, does he go back-to-back Friday, Saturday, though? When is Skinner going to join the team? Uh, you always seem to throw it out there, Liam. I'm not a big fan of going back-to-back, same goalie both nights. I I just mm-hmm. think, again, put guys in positions to succeed sort of thing. So I I would have Skinner and the word is he's going to be flying back and we'll meet them in Vegas for the game on Saturday night. He's uh, with his wife right now expecting the birth of their child today, I think actually. So big congratulations to the Skinner family there. Um, but I, I would go Skinner no matter what Saturday. But I think you open the door for next week. When you play the Seattle Kraken, you know, maybe it is Jack Campbell's net. Last time they played the Kraken, it was Skinner who got yanked, allowing four goals on 20 shots. I think Campbell on Friday is playing to earn a start on Tuesday, not necessarily a start on Mm -hmm. Saturday. Uh, Deskra says, give Skinner the day off and let Picard play. Mm, I wouldn't. Tyler says Picard against San Jose then. I wouldn't. I go Campbell again. Listen, don't mess with a good thing here. He played well against Anaheim. Let him build on that building block. Calvin Picard, sorry, buddy, you can sit on the bench. You weirdly look like Miko Koskinen when you sit there. It rattles me. I don't want you playing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I there think, too, just on that kind of stuff, like Campbell's just picking up his confidence again. Do you really want to bench him for your third-string goalie? It's probably not the best luck in the world for the organization. And you also don't want to re- underestimate the San Jose Sharks. They do have some offensive pieces. Thomas Hurdle, Timo Mayer, Logan Couture, they've all scored goals in this league. You don't want to... You don't want to disrupt that and lose the game against a poor team, which you should be getting two points against.
0: Yep, 100%. That game last night they had against L.A. was a one-goal game for for a good stretch of it. So San Jose can push you a lot harder than Anaheim did. It's not going to be as easy of a matchup. Uh, Dre says, funny how we get so used to McDavid's play that his goal seems like a normal occurrence. The McDavid goal was just absolutely filthy. And he almost did it like two more times in the game as well, trying to flip that backhander upstairs and he was spinning around like crazy. But that goal was unbelievable. Any other player scores that, it's a top 10 goal on all the highlight reels for the rest of the season. Leon Dreisaitl also scored just a ridiculous goal. I mean, to get it, coming in that fast from Bouchard and have the presence of mind to drop your stick between your legs to get the right angle, to throw it around the goalie is... Unreal. So my question for you is, what play impressed you more? Who had the more impressive Goliam?
2: It's so hard to say, isn't it? And It's just a credit to the two of them, like how highly they think this game. Like it's quite amazing actually to watch it as often as we get to. So do you know what? Like the, the McDavid one was awesome, I think, because he was on kind of Zgris too, which I thought was quite funny that like Zegras is a showstopper and McDavid just stopped his show right there and then. So that was nasty. <laughs> I like that. Um, honestly, I think I might even give it to Drysaddle a little bit because we just don't see that that often. Like we've kind of seen the spinorama from like, David a few times and the backhand and everything and the, not discounting what he did. But I think I'll, I'll give the edge to Drysaddle just for the fact I don't remember the last time I saw a goal like that.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going too. is it, it was such a unique play that really showcases what makes Leon Dreisaitl such a special player in my opinion is like again Bouchard's not just lobbing that puck in there he's throwing it with some pace Dreisaitl's got a guy on the ducks kind of on him too and to just be able to think that quickly in traffic where again to throw your stick back for no reason he's not like he's just trying to be flashy there he had to get that angle if he wanted to score the goal so I think That sidle goal might get the nod for me as well, but I'm curious to see what people say in the chat. Kato's in quickly, says McDavid was a tiny bit better. So totally fair. They were both absolute beauties from the Oilers superstars last night. Someone was asking how much you would extend Clem coston for, and I do think we're getting there with the guy. We're getting there. It's not gonna happen. I don't think I should say that it would happen in season, but when you look at his stats, seven goals in 27 games that's like a 21 goal pace over an 82 game season liam and he's doing it away from the Oilers stars for the most part this guy is finding ways to score in a depth role and they desperately need that now what you don't do is overpay a guy for 27 good games right this could very well fall off and cost and could not score a goal for the next 10 games and you're talking about a guy suddenly who you know is on a 14 15 goal pace but he is an RFA and he's only 23 years old, which means you have three more seasons after this one of RFA eligibility with arbitration for Cleem Costin. So I do think it kind of makes sense to look at what's a three year deal for this guy. Someone's in Jake yeah. says three years, two million bucks. And I think two million is honestly a little bit rich, just considering how short the sample size is. You know, if he ends the season, plays 60 games and has 20 goals then yeah, sure, three years, two million bucks. I think if you want to buy some UFA years off the guy, you go up to two million bucks, but I'm not buying UFA years off clean Cost. And I like the idea, like Egan has here, of three years, 1.5 million bucks. I think that's a really fair, even number. It gives him security. He likes playing here. This is a guy who struggled to find a home with the team that drafted him in the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. I think he might enjoy the security of a three-year deal, walks him right to unrestricted free agency, and it's kind of like, hey, man, you're going to play here you're going to get four and a half million bucks in the bank over the next three seasons and then as soon as you're eligible you get to test the market in unrestricted free agency i think three by one and a half is is the deal i'd go after
2: yeah i, I was kind of thinking somewhere between 1.7 and 1.25 somewhere like that so i think that works i would try and time up for the three years but i would not go any higher than mm-hmm. the 1.7 1.75 range like He just brings everything to the lineup that this team doesn't have right now. And I was kind of thinking, did the Oilers sign Zach Cassian to two deals or was it just one? I can't remember, but I was just wondering. Yeah, okay. Because I was curious if they that kind of similar situation in a way of like a guy coming in and having a positive impact. So I wasn't sure if they signed him. I Mm couldn't remember. But yeah, I I mean, yeah, I think that's a good deal for him. You don't want to overpay him. But you know what's funny? I was kind of thinking about last night is like, this is one I want Warren Fogel to do for us and not to just crap on yep. him again because we've kind of done that a little bit, but like it's exactly what I want him to be doing. And he got got three million or whatever it is, right? Like, I I don't see uh, Clint Costing getting that, but like he's playing well enough, I guess you could say, to warrant a three million dollar deal if he was a lot deeper into his career.
0: Yep. Um, He doesn't kill penalties. So maybe this isn't like Kostin that is doesn't kill penalties. So maybe this isn't a great comparison. But remember when and I'm just looking up the numbers right now. So it was right before the 16-17 season when the Predators signed Callie Yarncrock to a six year contract worth $12 million. So an even two million bucks on the cap. Every year. And at that point, 1617, he was coming off a season in 1516 where he scored 16 goals in 81 games. So probably pretty close to what we'll end up seeing with Kaleem Coston by the end of this season. And kind of similar to Coston, he didn't have a lot of NHL experience. It was only his second full season in the league. The Predators gave him that long-term deal. He kind of delivered on it for $2 bucks. He killed penalties. He hit double digits in goals every single season, even in the years where they didn't play 82 games. And then they ended up moving him to Seattle. He spent some time in Calgary. And then he just signed another four-year deal in Toronto. But if you wanted to kind of push it with Clem Kostin, I think that six-year $12 million deal is one to... It's an interesting comparable, at least. You probably have to go a little bit richer because yeah. the cap's gone up since that point. So if you wanted to go long term with clean costing, you can maybe go yeah six years by two point two five or two point five million bucks maybe keep some here. I would argue at this point it's not worth that kind of a risk, and I would say going three years one point two five or one point five million is a better move because the Oilers are in win now mode and that extra seven hundred k you kind of want that to sprinkle around to some other areas.
2: Yeah, I guess on like if you're not putting in, like you said like yarn crow is kind of a like penalty killer, but what if what if Clint Costin become, become somewhat of like a, a power play specialist in a way for this team and somewhat like, I don't know, quite no way you would slot him in, but like they, you know, they don't really take off the big three guys right right now, right? Like in, no. in Dry McDavid and Nuge, but like, what if Costin kind of falls into that second power play unit and you put him in like the slot area and he's kind of just firing one-timers from there too? like. He's a weapon, he, if, and if you can kind of do that, maybe that earns him a little bit more money, and you can buy a few more free agent uh, UFA years from him. But as we said, like he, he's becoming a fan favorite quickly. I would like him here forever. Lock him up for twenty years if you can, like two million dollars.
0: Mm-hmm. Ask, <laughs> ask the NHL for a special exemption so you can sign clean Costin to a deal that will run for the remainder of his, of his career. I love that we're getting to that point. Um, Vince is in. He's talking about Yamamoto. Yamamoto's always going to be on the table in trade talks. He's good. He plays with more heart than three quarters of the team, but he's small, gets hurt, gets dominated by big guys sometimes. I don't agree with the last one about getting dominated by big guys. I don't see that in his game all that often. I love that he works hard. And another thing here, he's a big part of that locker room. He's a popular guy behind closed doors. And I... I, I think sometimes you want to keep a popular teammate around. Plus, mm-hmm. he signed for next year at three million bucks. So, if you're asking me to move one of those middle six wingers making three mil, it's Puliyarvi, it's Fogel, and it's not Yamamoto. Although I understand the argument of him maybe having a bit more value than those two, which is probably the case.
2: Yeah, I just to follow up on that point, Tyler. I kind of, I think I alluded to that the other day a little bit too. I can't remember what show it was, mm-hmm. but like yamamoto probably is the one people want the oilers shouldn't move him but i guarantee like he's got value and just the last point of him kind of getting dominated there was a play last night which he got buried into the boards which was i think it might have been benoit that did it and then he came back like a couple of plays later and buried that guy into the boards too so he's just a fearless player and he's someone that the oilers need to keep around like you said there's, there's also a video going around of him like barking he's like who let the dogs out and then he's barking <laughs> as they go down the tunnel so like you gotta have those characters in the locker room.
0: Yep, you definitely do. Uh, you guys are talking about some wild stuff in the chat. I'm not getting into that uh because this is a short version of the show today. Because Liam, we gotta get to the airport. Nation vacation yes. starts in a couple of hours, and tomorrow we are going to be live from Las Vegas. Flash this bad boy up, Aaron. Look at that. We got a fresh logo the show as well presented by our friends at ama travel who make this all possible we are fired up for the nation vacation myself liam bag milk rick dan jay kennedy was aaron gavin whole crew heading down to vegas as well as 40 plus nation citizens who are going to be on the flight this afternoon with us it is going to be a ton of fun this weekend we're going to be doing the show same time noon Mountain from our hotel in vegas we're going to be doing a ton of content around the arena and on the strip as well it is going to be a lot of fun liam i'm excited i'm fired up
2: yeah i'm pumped to to get away with the staff and just have a great time watch the oilers on the road i've never watched the oilers in enemy territory before so i'm pumped i'm also like kind of pumped to do this show on the road in vegas and just kind of see what that's all about so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an awesome time. So join us tomorrow and we'll, we'll tell you all about it.
0: Is 11 a.m. too early for us to have a brewski while we do the show? You'll find out tomorrow. Um, 11 a.m. Pacific, that is. We're going to have a great time. Make sure you follow along on all of our socials and follow AMA Travel as well. Let's wrap up the show, Liam, with our betting. Yeah, I'm sure we're not going to do very much betting at all. No gambling when we're in Vegas, Liam. We don't do that kind of stuff. Uh, Tonight, I'll give you my place. I'll give you my place. I like the Jets on the money line at minus 130. They let me down severely earlier in the week, but I don't mind taking them. And Colorado on the puck line against Chicago. Plus, take Quinn Hughes and Matty Beneers. Both of their shot props are only set at one and a half. Parlay them, plus 167. Bang. What do you like tonight?
2: I'm going back with the same logic I had on Tuesday's show, I think it was, where I just went St. Louis Blues on the puck line against the Calgary Flames again. Home team, both teams kind of 50-50 at home and on the road, and St. Louis got the better of them the other night, so I'm going right back to it. And then David Pasternak has seven goals in his last three games, which is monstrous. So, I mean, the value is not awesome for a goal scorer at minus 112, but, I mean... At the moment like it seems like you're he, he better off like i looked at two or more goals and it was plus 450 so maybe that's where you want to go with this but he has been on a heater as of late so i'm going david past neck against the kraken to grab a goal and the blues to beat the calgary lames plus 140.
0: love it love it big man uh joey says i'm looking f- forward to more tyler drinking wine stories it's not going to happen not going to happen i'm not touching that stuff um anyways shout out to our friends at betway 19 plus please play responsibly uh that is going to be actually a wrap on today's show got to give a quick shout out to our friends at star mechanical who sponsor the guest line check them out starmechanical.ca. they're edmonton's top new home plumbing installers and they have been for the last 20 years and they're not giving up that title either Check them out, starmechanical.ca. Sports Closet, Sherwood Ford tomorrow. Yes, it is a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show, and it will be coming to you live from Las Vegas. So, Liam, I got to pack up my flag, and we got to get going, I think, hey, Let's get out. It's stuck to the wall. It won't come off. But anyways, uh, see you boys at the airport. Everyone tuning in. Thanks so much for watching today, and uh, we'll chat with you again tomorrow.